Hi, I'm Kate, and welcome to the Picture House Podcast, where we discuss the architecture, design, and history of America's early cinemas. We hope that telling the stories of these places and the people associated with them will help you explore their place in our collective memory and our communities today. The theater we're going to talk about today is one I haven't yet had the pleasure of seeing in person, but I'd really like to. I imagine that if you were driving through western Nebraska with no knowledge whatsoever of the Alliance Theater, it would somehow still rise out of the rural landscape and pull you in. The rural community of Alliance, Nebraska, the seat of Box Butte County, had several theaters in the early 1900s, one of which was the Imperial. It was a two-story, four-bay theater with about 500 seats. In August of 1937, the building was gutted in preparation for enlargement and a complete reconstruction. The new building, when completed, will have many improvements and will be the most up-to-date theater in this section of the country. It will seat about 1,000 people and the seats will be spaced farther apart for the comfort of the patrons. The foyer will be extended also. Before we get into more details on the design of the theater, some brief background on its style and architect. The Alliance is a great example of Art Deco, an architectural style that came out of Paris's 1925 International Exposition. Art Deco rejected previous styles and design elements and instead sought a modern machine-age aesthetic. Bucking the busy, textured trends of some of the late 19th and early 20th century architectural styles, like Victorian, Richardsonian Romanesque, Classic Revival, and Beaux-Arts, Art Deco tended toward clean lines, geometric forms and repetitive patterns, and smooth, shiny finishes. But this doesn't by any means mean that the style is sparse, per se. Its sense of symmetry and balance, the use of sumptuous materials like glazed tile, pigmented structural glass, mirrors, and shiny stainless steel, elaborate geometric decorative motifs like parallel lines, zigzags, and chevrons, and the use of bold, high-contrast colors all combine to make well-executed Art Deco architecture a feast for the eyes. The Alliance Theater certainly fits that description, and credit for that goes in large part to its architect, Walter H. Simon. Simon was born in Quincy, Illinois. He graduated from the University of Illinois School of Architecture in 1915 and first practiced in El Dorado, Kansas. He and his wife had moved to Denver by the early 1920s, where Simon worked as a draftsman at the architectural firm of William E. and Arthur A. Fisher. By 1925, Simon had established his own firm, and over the next 50 years completed many projects, particularly in Colorado, including several buildings that are today listed on the National Register of Historic Places. Simon served on the Colorado State Architect Board of Examiners and was national president of the Society of American Registered Architects. He retired in 1976 and died on December 30, 1986, aged 94. Of Simon's theater work in particular, it was said that he planned several Fox theaters and is of high repute in his profession. It was his planning and vision that made possible the rising of the Alliance in its grace and beauty on the site of the old Imperial. I'll also quickly mention here a couple of other folks who seem to have been key in the theater's construction. George France was in charge of construction, closely working with Simon from the outset, 
while Harry McElveney was an on-site supervisor. Both France and McElveney had extensive experience building theaters. It was said of Alliance's new movie house that patrons of the theater will find new comfort in the larger seats spaced wider apart to eliminate the annoyance of standing to admit others in the row. Although the interior is considerably larger than that of the old Imperial, the theater it replaced, the bigger seats have cut the seating capacity to slightly less than 975. New sound equipment and a new and wider screen will add to the enjoyment of the programs. A 32-page souvenir program, containing many stories of the various features of the theater and of officials, photographs, and other items of interest, will be given patrons on the opening day. I'd sure love to get my hands on one of those. In early November of 1937, the theater was named through a contest, with the Alliance the winning submission. Fox Intermountain Theaters, Inc., a subsidiary of 20th Century Fox Film Corporation, had numerous theaters under it, of which the Alliance was now one. Fox struck a communal note when pitching the theater. Alliance, here is your new theater. Truly the Alliance belongs to Alliance. It is your theater, yours to cherish and enjoy. The physical property belongs perpetually in Alliance and cannot be moved, but more than that, it belongs here and is a definite, integral part of the community, fitting into and suiting itself to the life and activities, the temper and moods and desires of the citizens of Alliance. The management may be vested in experienced showmen, but nonetheless it is, in the final analysis, owned and operated by and for the people of this city. It is your money and your desires that dictate its policies. Every effort has been made to make the theater worthy of the part it plays in your lives. When consideration is given to the proportion of time spent at the shows and the importance that time plays in the good life of the community, it is proper and just, urgent indeed, that the theater should be a comfortable, pleasing, and rightly equipped building that can be enjoyed fully and a source of pride. Those who have had the planning and building in charge have given great care to make the Alliance fill the bill. In what degree they have succeeded is for you, its patrons, to judge. Fox Management went on to say, Surely it is true that this theater, as you will see it tonight, is the result of the desires and needs of Alliance as they have been interpreted by Fox Intermountain Theaters. As changes came in the tastes and progress of the community, and as improvements have grown in the industry of motion picture theater operations, it became evident that Alliance needed and deserved better housing for the entertainment that is so essential to the happiness and contentment of the community. The decision was made that all the facilities and experience of the Fox organization be put to work in cooperation with Alliance to meet the need. In keeping with the method of operation that has raised Fox to leadership in the exhibition field, this new theater is built expressly for this community, and as much as possible by this community, and will be operated by those who are a part of and in complete sympathy and accord with Alliance and the surrounding territory. The operational personnel is gathered from those who know and are known to the majority of the patrons who pass the doors. Every item of the construction and every worker that could be has been selected locally. This policy has not been carried to any absurd extreme, and the first object has been to make the theater as near perfect as possible and to utilize every available improvement that the rest of the country or the world afforded. But into it has also gone the works, the goods, 
and the ability of many local men and firms. The Alliance truly belongs to Alliance. It is your theater, and for years it will offer to you in pleasant, comfortable, and attractive surroundings the best entertainment on its screen that the world affords. Fox even went so far as to have the theater itself appeal to the residents of Alliance in what I found to be a particular little gem of advertising titled The Alliance Theater Speaks. I was not built merely of marble, mortar, and steel, but born with a heart, soul, and purpose. I was the creation of a mentality on fire, the product of a dreamer with whom to dream was to do. I was a reality loved into life. I have a code of honor to receive you as would a hostess at home, to make you comfortable, to refresh you, and to throw about you a mantle of protection while you are a guest in my house. Courtesy must ever be my creed, hospitality my religion. I must constantly strive to inspire children to ambition of accomplishment and men and women to do a better day's work, and to make life sweeter, fuller, and richer for all who pass my way. I am proud of my profession, my desire, my aim, my ambition is to rightfully say, I am an institution, a credit to my community. If I fail in the above, please ask for the manager. Alliance's new theater opened on November 23, 1937, and in light of the outstanding new theater, which will bring joy and comfort to all, the town's mayor declared that day and the next Alliance Theater Days. On the day of its debut, a holiday spirit prevails in Alliance as moviegoers throughout this area greet the new Alliance Theater at the grand opening celebration today. Doors of the new show house were thrown open to the public at 2 p.m. when the first matinee crowd was admitted. A second matinee will begin at 4, and the show will be continuous until the last flicker at night. A Paramount newsreel popular science feature in color, and Mickey Mouse in a Hawaiian holiday will precede the feature film, The Perfect Specimen, starring Errol Flynn and Joan Blondell, and a splendid cast. Between the opening acts and the main show, Nebraska State Senator Harry Gantz addressed the audience, dedicating the theater to them. Having been given more than the usual care by the Fox organization, the theater's opening warranted a special multi-page section in the local newspaper, the Alliance Times and Herald. Fox officials and Walter Simon, the architect, made their objective the development of a thoroughly modern theater, styled to the modern trend and yet avoiding extremes. Architecturally, the intention is to attain a subdued effect that will last in public favor. Pretty much all aspects of the theater's design, inside and out, reflect this. Let's take a look at the outside first. Color plays a most important part in attaining the desired results. The front is composed of terracotta with colors worked harmoniously in the designs. Terracotta was selected as the building material because of its outstanding wearing qualities, its resistance to stains, and the ease with which it may be cleaned. It fits ideally into the modern tone of the theater's general plan. The glazed terracotta blocks in blues, greens, and golds were individually crafted, numbered, and then carefully installed on the upper two-thirds of the facade by the Denver Terracotta Company. From what I can tell, the company no longer exists, but even with a cursory search, I can see that they have a pretty great body of work, including on some theaters, 
So this probably is not the last you'll hear of them on this podcast. The lower portion of the facade was faced in copper-tinted structural glass. You'll often hear structural glass referred to as Carrera glass, vitrolite, or by a few other proprietary names. To get the exact shade desired, it was necessary to import it from Belgium. Many hours and innumerable tests were used in selecting the right glass from many samples. It took some care not only to get the glass looking right, but to properly incorporate it into the building. The installation of the glass was a tricky job, and men especially proficient and experienced in this work were brought in from Omaha to do nothing but this one piece of work. And let's not forget about one of the most important exterior elements, signs. As one would hope their theater signage to be, the Alliances was original and distinctive, and yet it fits seamlessly into the overall design of the building. A tall neon sign descends from near the top of the building to the marquee, and several neon tubes run under the marquee to the box office. Engineers of the Artcraft Neon Company spent several days on the site and submitted several sketches before the accepted one was put into construction. The Denver Company not only designed and manufactured the sign and marquee, but installed it as well. The Great Art Deco design continued inside. As you enter the theater, you will note the chrome or aluminum satin finished hardware on specially selected white birch doors, naturally finished to bring out their full beauty. The hardware was of a modern motif and was carefully selected for its practicability and design in keeping with the general finish of the theater. The pull bars on the entrance doors were especially designed and made to order to meet the requirements demanded. The design was so devised that when they were put into place, they fit unobtrusively in the harmony of the general plan and yet are practically unnoticed by patrons except for their decorative value. The Times and Herald even made mention of panic bolts on the exit doors. They open on the slightest pressure and thus add an important factor in safety. Much, if not all, of the hardware was locally sourced. This included iron railings on the stairways and ornamental grills in the auditorium and lobby. When construction began, no hardware had been selected, and one of Fox's folks, most likely France or McElveny, was referred to George Dorr of the Newberry Hardware Company. Newberry's was as old as the town itself, reputable in alliance, and apparently with good reason. After many conferences and the submitting of sketches and revisions, Mr. Dorr presented a sketch that was outstanding, and he was given the contract. The design elements underfoot also contributed to the Art Deco theme. From the specially selected rubber mats of the front entrance to the plush carpets throughout the rest of the building, the flooring was in tune with the general color scheme. The entire foyer, all aisles and stairs, the ladies' lounge room, and the manager's office were carpeted. Fox reportedly spared no expense on this aspect of the alliance. Those carpets selected are of the finest grades of velvet, of a beautiful pattern and brilliant colors. These colors and their patterns, which taken alone would be considered too colorful, especially too loud for use in a home, were chosen for the brilliance because in the subdued lighting this is dimmed until it is in harmony with the other colors used within and without the theater. Fox employed a sponge rubber cushion between the cement floor and the carpet to give a sensation of luxury and ease as one treads over the springy surface. Laying of the carpet was supervised by Frank Mall of Denver, 
who apparently over the preceding five years had laid more than 25,000 yards of carpet in Fox theaters. All drapes and wall treatments followed the same color scheme, and the new screen curtains of beautiful blue damask have the quality of harmonizing with the different colored lights which will be thrown upon them. Earl Tyron of Boulder, Colorado, who had decorated many a Fox theater, was in charge of these color arrangements. Even the Alliance's screen was billed as a novelty. Special attention is given to the construction so that there will be no distortion or discoloration, and the theater boasted high-fidelity sound, installed and tested by RCA sound engineers from Denver. Speakers situated behind the screen were said to ensure uniform distribution of all sound frequencies to all parts of the auditorium. A hi-fi sound head that was part of the projection system, as well as powerful amplifier racks, completed the sound system. The resulting reproductions of tones and range of volume was said to ensure that Alliance patrons will enjoy sound of the same high standard as demanded by the big cities. In addition to the sound equipment, Fox also apparently factored in acoustics in construction and furnishing of the theater. Although specifics weren't provided in the sources I used, carpets, drapes, seats, walls, every square foot of material exposed in the auditorium was considered in the effect it has on the projection of sound. Whatever Fox's engineering department did, it was enough for them to claim that the acoustics and sound in the Alliance cannot be surpassed anywhere. A fancy new theater wouldn't be complete without comfy, cozy seats, and the Alliance certainly didn't disappoint there. The seats are of a special spring type, the backs are deeply padded, the upholstery is of a specially selected, leathery material of colors chosen with care to harmonize with the decorative treatment of the theater. And as we've already heard, the new seats had several inches more space between each row than the Imperial. Fox painted this as prioritizing patron pleasure over profit, seating fewer moviegoers but at greater comfort. The Alliance Theater used new structural steel as well as some salvaged from the Imperial. The new steel was designed and fabricated by E. Burkhart and Sons Steel and Iron Works of Denver and was put in under the watchful eye of Carl Rocky. Climate control was also of course considered. While a portion of the air conditioning equipment which was installed in the Imperial three or four years ago was used in the new Alliance, it has been modified and revised and much new equipment has been added to bring it up to the highest standards. A complete new heating unit, including Stoker, has been installed. It has automatic control so that in the winter season the temperature and the humidity are maintained at the most desirable point. The as near as perfect as possible HVAC systems added to the picture Fox sought to paint of the Alliance as a truly modern theater. This extensive attention to detail culminated in a pretty incredible theater building, not only architecturally, but as a focal point of the community. Alliance has a pretty nice, intact Main Street area along Box Butte Avenue, and the theater is an important part of that. Fox dedicated the theater to the service of its community, with the wish that its patrons spend many happy hours in pleasant and comfortable surroundings, enjoying the finest in modern conveniences and screen entertainment. They also wanted it to substantially contribute to the enrichment of the communal and civic life of Alliance. And local management said that, in presenting the beautiful new Alliance Theater to Alliance and Box Butte County, 
it is our hope that it will bring you many hours of enjoyment and relaxation. Seeing as how the theater is still showing movies today, it's operated by Geju, G-E-J-U, theaters, I'd say Fox succeeded. In addition, the theater doesn't seem to have experienced any major alterations, so I would say that they also succeeded in creating a building whose architecture will last in public favor. In closing, I'd like to think back to the Alliance Theater Speaks piece for a minute, and its claim that the theater was born with a heart, soul, and purpose. Yeah, I know, it's pretty cheesy. But maybe there's a bit of truth in it, too. Picture houses like the Alliance were shared spaces and functioned as familiar community gathering places. Whether located on main streets in small towns or busy commercial corridors in urban neighborhoods, they were at the heart of communities. Many, like the Alliance, still are and we'll hope that they continue to be for many years to come. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. And I hope you'll join us for our next episode. Until then, may your seats be ever in the center.